better listen very carefully. A good martial artist does not become tense, but ready. Essentially, at this point, the fight is over. So you pretty much flow with the goal. Who is worthy to be trusted with the secret to limitless power? I'm ready. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Bulletproof for BJJ podcast. I am JT. Hey guys, I'm Joey. And today we're talking about how we can fix your bad hips for jits. Oh, yeah, I like it. So that's one of the things, guys. We talk about a lot of different things, but essentially- We talk all, about we talk about the same shit. We do, but essentially when you ask jiu-jitsu coaches who don't know anything about strength conditioning, they will say your hip movement is really important for jiu-jitsu. Yeah. You know, your ability to hip escape, invert, all, all these things. If you've got someone who's too- Hippies. Si- hippies. Hippies. If they're, if they're too stiff there, their, their jits game's not going to be great. It's a good point. It makes me think, what are we actually talking about when we say hips? Right. This is where it's important for us to get this across before we start. Good call, Joe. Feel free to jump in at any point if I steer us off course or say the wrong thing. Uh, of course you will. You count on me, bro. I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> we talk about the four walls of the hip, right? We're talking about anterior, the front, the hip flexors, medial or lateral, the, the side of the hip. So just put your hand in your pocket to the side, side of the hip. The back, the posterior, your your booty. And we're not just talking about your glutes, guys. We're talking about hamstring too because the hamstring crosses over that point where your leg bone attaches to your pelvis. So hammies are in there. And then also adductors, so the inner thigh. This is a place that most people never train in their life. But when you come to jiu-jitsu and you're squeezing and you're half guard and you're close guard and you're you're actually engaging your legs in, in movements you've never done, the adductors get very jacked. Big so time. It's, it's a 360 degree look at where the leg integrates with the body. Yeah, maybe just to, to clarify like that, when coaches say, oh, you've got to have good hip movement or it's all in the hips or whatever, we're talking about the hip joint. Yes. Which is if you look at your thigh bone and where your thigh bone comes up and inserts into your pelvis, yep. that's your hip joint, right? So you got like, you know, you can put your hands on your hips Yep. Right, but then we go just down from that, and now sure. we're talking about these muscles here. So all that stuff that you know, J- you just articulated, JT. But something not to be confused by, because say when you see someone who's got a really nifty guard game, sure. and you're watching them, and what is being described is, man, look at their hip mobility. Sure, there, there, it might be hip mobility, but often what what's being referred to there is how they can articulate their pelvis and their lower back. Yeah. Right, and it's like when you're watching, uh, I don't know, when you're watching dancing, you know, you're watching yes. some people dance, you're like, holy shit, look at the way they move their hips. It's this mobility of the lower back yes. and the pelvis that allows the hips yes. to move where they move. Yep. What we're kind of getting at is like, all that shit's important, but let's zero in on the muscles that are actually surrounding your hip joint yes. and how they affect your jiu-jitsu and your quality of life. Yeah, not just how you shake your booty. Right? I mean, look. If you can do that, that's good for you too. It might be good for your Instagram following. But we're actually talking about how you can move your leg relative to your pelvis in a lot of different ways. And the thing is, jiu-jitsu really, it messes that up in a lot of ways. Because, I mean, life can, sitting in chairs can. But the thing that I'm constantly hearing, people saying, oh, I got this issue, I got that issue, I got that issue. Most people never actually fully address what is the root cause of these problems. Like people say, oh, done my groin. What does that mean? 
Well, it means you've strained your adductor muscles depending on which one it is. Do you reckon when the American listeners hear that, they're like, done my groin? Do you reckon they're like, ha, or they're like, what did he just say? <laughs> Can <laughs> I get it? Can we get closed captions on this? <laughs> yeah. What's the guy talking about? Groin, inner thigh, crotch, it's pain up at the point. The bathing, bathing suit area. The join. <laughs> Right up at the inner thigh. But the same thing, people say, oh, I've thrown out my back. That actually doesn't mean anything anatomically. Like often what happens is when people do themselves degrees of injury, it can come back to poor mobility at the hips. Tight hips which are not doing their job and then the rest of your body has to compensate. Which is when you can fuck your lower back up. Yeah. Or fuck your upper back up or hurt your knee. Hurt your knee. Right. Because right. that's, that's exactly right. It's like if the hips aren't working, then other things have to take more load and more movement, which maybe they're not designed to. That's right. And if you are playing guard, even if you, it's not something you prefer to do, it's something that you will do, this is going to shorten up the hip flexors and we've talked enough about that. But also the thing I notice is lots of people in jiu-jitsu are very good at when they start to do guard, they get better at, opening up through the hips like external rotation so people get good at opening up so they can pummel with their legs opening the knee outwards yes that's right but internal rotation is something that i would say 95 percent of people who do jujitsu they suck at it yeah and humans in general do not practice internal rotation at the hip and that's a lot more to do with the the outer wall the hip glute med tfl that whole piece um, and, and this is something that we really need for good knee stability and functional healthy hips and it also helps our passing game. So if you want to get really good at passing and you look at the really high level guys at world championship level, they actually have a really good internal rotation of the hip. It's not something they talk about. They thank Jesus and they thank you know, their, their sponsors and SAE and yeah. quietly they thank their doctors for all the steroids. But <laughs> – they should also be thanking that they have really amazing internal rotation of the hip. But I, I think what would be really good today, Joe, is to talk about how, like what are the moves people can do which is going to help them on the path to fix their terrible hips. Can I, and can I just make a point before we go there that uh, – and, and I say this all the time, but most of us already have kind of – dysfunctional hips not to make it sound really you know severe but most of us have hips that aren't really working to their optimal capacity because of the modern lifestyles we lead yes we sit down a lot that kind of thing so then when you add in jiu-jitsu training on top of that jiu-jitsu training especially if you play a lot of guard it's a very strange way of developing strength through your hips like riding a bike riding a bike is not a is not a great way to strengthen your your legs or your hips in a well-rounded way. It strengthens some very specific aspects of the legs and the hips. Same thing with jiu-jitsu. Yeah. So this kind of specific sort of adaptation that you get from training a lot of jiu-jitsu, layered on top of what modern life does to us, equals fucked up hips that are out of balance. Yeah. Which is where you get problems. So, you know, all this stuff we're saying is like, is it goes back to that idea of, well, you if you want to train jiu-jitsu, you kind of have an obligation to work on this shit because – you're going to run into problems. If it's not now, they're coming for you. Yeah, and look, I mean, it's, it's hard to sell, right? We're insurance salesmen. That's right. <laughs> We're trying to sell you a solution to a problem you do not yet have in the name of hopefully you never encounter that problem. Hey, ultimately, you will. You do jiu-jitsu long enough, it's coming. Uh, I had this actually this morning, uh, Zoom class, doing Bulletproof with our jiu-jitsu guys here via Zoom. 
And one of our students, his partner came in and she was trying to do a pistol. And she is a fit, healthy young lady, but she has limited ankle range and she also has very weak glutes. And she's trying to do a, a modification on a pistol. And we've talked about this before, but essentially she was falling back. And then I was explaining to her that, you know, you've got to work on your ankle mobility. So we chocked her heel so she could get a bit lower. And then her knee was constantly breaking in. Like her knee was just collapsing in and she couldn't get up out of her seat. We were using a chair as a, a way for her to use her benchmark so she didn't have to go all the way down in the pistol position. And I was explaining that it's so important that she actively think about the connection between her glute, her medial glute, like the, the muscle to the outside of her hip, her butt, and pulling her knee out wide. And, and really, by the time she hit her third set, she got better. Now, typically, by the time you hit your third set, if you're working the muscles you're, you're trying to work, you're kind of knackered. But it was an education process. And I've heard different terms in, you know, strength conditioning realm, which is talking about like glute amnesia, where basically your ass muscles switch off. They basically, you stop using them and you start compensating by using everything else to move your leg where you need to use your glute. And I would say that most jiu-jitsu people I see have some of the worst glutes I've ever seen. <laughs> and so that's not because I'm checking out everyone's it's a sport ass. that comes from Brazil too. It's a big but, statement. Uh, well, I mean, I think uh, <laughs> I think the modern jiu-jitsu is, uh, you know, all the guard playing is, it's not helped the, helped the role. But it's not to say it's mutually exclusive, guys. What I'm saying is this. You don't have to do jiu-jitsu to have weak hips or uh, have imbalanced hips. But if you do train jiu-jitsu, you have to consider that if you're constantly doing the same thing over and over again, this can create an imbalance. Now, how do we fix the imbalance? You know, we're constantly talking about how to get stronger, how to get more mobile. And the thing that we love is something that does both. Like what's something that is going to increase your range of motion and get that healthy? And then also, once you kind of master that, how can you start to load, load it up? Not change the move, but maybe change the parameters. So then now it's getting you stronger. And I feel like we, we've, we've got a couple of cards up our sleeves that we can use to solve this problem. Powerful cards. We're constantly talking about what the minimum effective dose is. And we're looking at the people we work with. We look at you guys who are listening and we think people who train jiu-jitsu want to train jiu-jitsu. They don't want to spend you know, hours upon hours in the gym each week. A very small percentage do because they love the gym, but the majority don't. So we're like, what is the minimum effective dose for these cats to get strong and mobile in the shortest amount of time possible? That means we have to be efficient with our exercise choice. A question we get asked a lot is, is strength here more important for me or is mobility or is this exercise more of a strength thing or is it more of a mobility thing? We go back to it all the time. It depends on who's doing it. And the beauty is, is you can take an exercise that is perhaps typically considered to be a strength exercise, but it becomes a mobility exercise when it's put into the hands of someone who needs more range of motion through that particular position. Yeah. And so these are the exercises we have in our program, right? Definitely. And this is what our, our upcoming standards program will be basically built on these exercises. JT and I were talking about, it's like, man, what do we like most for, you know, hamstring mobility, but also strength, right? Yes. What do we like for the inner thigh, like for the adductors? What do we like for the outside thigh? Single leg deadlift for me. If we get into the specifics, single leg deadlift as a coverall, yep, it's going to make your hamstrings more mobile. It's going to make them stronger. It's going to get your glutes activated. Yep. It's going to build great strength and range of motion through the backside of the hip. Definitely. And the other thing about it, guys, and I've, I've heard people talk about this, like really strong guys who do 
you know, conventional deadlifting saying, oh, single leg deadlift is a gimmick. Well, actually, in terms of educating the hip and actually getting your glutes to stabilize the right way, a single leg deadlift is one of the single best ways to do it. And also because you're standing on one foot and you're having to try and balance and not fall over, that activity in the foot actually makes your hip work harder than if you're trying to do like a say a two foot on the ground hip thrust with a band or something like that single leg work is absolutely at the core of making your hips function well and it translates to jiu-jitsu so it's one of those things guys it's like sure you see people trying to balance on a fit ball and do whatever it doesn't translate and that's the thing i don't want you guys to spend six months doing some crap it's not going to work I mean, it looks cool. Like, yo, check out my party trick. I can do a backflip and land on a football. Yeah, that's fine. But it's actually not going to help your jujitsu. So unless you're jujimufu, we're not interested. <laughs> unless you can do it in pink stockings with flamingos, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> um, and be really jacked. The single leg deadlift covers so many bases in terms of the back of the hip, the, the glutes, the, the lower back and the hamstring it's incredible, really. It's a superpower unto itself. Now, if you've never done this movement, guys, the way we get people started is just with the aeroplane. Now, we've got a good video on our YouTube all about the different progressions around this, which you should all definitely check out. Essentially, just using your body weight and hinging at the hip and just stabilizing on your leg is very hard. A lot of people will struggle to get out just five reps without having to touch their other foot down or feel like they're going to fall over sideways. Yeah. Once you can get on top of that and then you can add a light load, like maybe it's just a five kilo dumbbell or, um, you know, progress to an eight kilo kettlebell and you are holding the weight in the opposite hand to the foot you're standing on. So if you're standing on your right foot, you'll be holding the weight in your left hand. This is a contralateral setup, which is actually really good for your shoulder and your hip to work together. If you hold the weight in the same side as the leg that you're standing on, you're much more likely to twist and miss a lot of the benefits of the movement. It is hard, it is harder, that, that version. But then once you master that one arm holding the kettlebell, well then you can look at holding two kettlebells or a barbell. And that's when things get like quite serious. You've played with this a little bit, Joe. Yeah, I love it. It's been key for me, particularly with my knee rehab. Your point before about strength and conditioning kind of aficionados saying that it's a gimmick. These are generally the people that are absolutely married to the idea of deadlifting and squatting for life yeah and you know we know that there's a there's an upper limit of that stuff where it becomes it's no longer effective now like it's no longer necessary for your goals in sport it's just because you love doing it and you want to put more weight on the bar right sure which if you're into that great but for the majority of folks it's like no i just want to do the shit that's going to make me better at jujitsu keep me in shape keep me strong and healthy it's like all right yeah basic deadlifting and squatting is great but when we take that a step further towards single leg dead now we're talking about introducing some new characteristics to a simple exercise that make it really challenging for me i hit that upper limit with my deadlift some time ago i'm like okay it's enough sure single leg dead it's like a whole new set of challenge yeah definitely and once you get that stability in your ankles your knees your hips and it's really working for you you'll find your grip will start to get taxed as well and then it becomes more of an upper body and uh, upper back thing so that is the back of the hip guys single leg deadlift The, the next thing i want to talk about which is a move that we both love and I think we probably both worked on separately before we even started working together, which is the Cossack squat. Mm. Now, if you're not familiar with this, and it's the first time you're hearing us talk about this, this is very much a kind of, it's a ninja looking move. It looks like, it looks kind of 
fancy. It looks a little bit gymnastic, but in terms of what it does for you, if you add no load to it, most people will struggle just getting a full range of motion. Yeah, excellent warm-up drill, excellent mobility drill without any weight. No. The weight is only really necessary as either a bit of a counterbalance once you're more experienced with it or you've maxed out the, the flexibility aspect of it and now it's time to get stronger, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, definitely. And this applies for pretty much all of these movements. If you are someone who's got really bad hips, you're really stiff and you have no idea where can I go from here, all of the movements that we're going to talk about today – can be done without adding any external load other than like your body weight and gravity. And you're just trying to build up your tolerance for it and your range of motion. If you do not have a healthy range of motion, if you can't move just in a normal function without suffering acute pain at the hip or the lower back, you got to go there first. Get that range and then once you feel like, okay, now I can move my body in a healthy way, then you can load that sucker up. You cannot strengthen range that you do not have. <laughs> oh my God. Whoa, mind blown. Joe is the strength training Yoda. My God, but he's so young. With the Cossack squat, if you've never done it before, we also have plenty of videos on the on the YouTube about this too. Shitload of videos on the YouTube channel. Get over there. So much. Get and I look. think I post the Cossack squat almost every week on the Instagram. Because, <laughs> you know, for us, it's a big feature. We use it as mobility in our program. In standards, we're going to be using it as more of a strength drill. Yeah. Like it progresses from the mobility aspect all the way through to like barbell on the back type thing. Yeah. So we're really like going deep on, on a lot of these movements in that upcoming program. But yeah, the Cossack, I would use it every single day, whether it's just like yeah. I'm trying to limber up a little bit while I'm in a Zoom meeting or I'm actually doing my training and it's you know, four or five working yeah. sets. Yeah, it just covers so many bases, guys. And, and the reason why, if you've never seen this movement, you're going into a fully deep squat on one side while your other leg is straight and you are loading up through your adductor and hamstring, so your inner thigh and the back of the leg in the straight leg. Then you're coming back up to a standing position, which is, looks kind of straddle. Your feet are quite wide. Not the splits, but like double shoulder width. And then you are squatting down to the opposite side and you're getting a full range squat on that side. So what's really awesome about this in terms of opening up the inner part of the, the kind of medial part of the hip slash thigh is you're getting a big long stretch in the straight leg, but you're getting a very deep squat on the bent leg. And this has a double function in terms of loading and stretching simultaneously. And when you do this in an alternating fashion, you're getting a good amount of load and then stretch, load and stretch. And this is great in terms of just getting blood in there, opening it up. And once you've done, say, like eight to 12 of these bad boys, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm moving better. Hips feel a bit better. You've got a bit more range. This is a great way to prep yourself for doing jiu-jitsu. Yeah, and here's a thing um, relevant to that, but also to all of the stuff we're talking about today Something that we encounter a lot in coaching is you'll give someone a drill, take a simple exercise like a Cossack squat, and they'll do it and all of a sudden they'll finish their set and all of a sudden their lower back pain will have disappeared. Yeah. And they'll be like, man, that drill's fucking amazing. It fixed my lower back pain. Yeah. And what we realize is that for most people listening, those little niggles you have are caused by very simple areas of tightness and weakness and inactivity. Yep. We don't have to be hugely systematic about it beyond, hey, do some Cossacks, do some stuff with the hip flexor, do some single leg deads. Yeah. And we're probably going to hit upon the thing that makes your lower back feel fine and bring a bit of balance back to the hip. So that's 
it's the low-hanging fruit. When we're talking about building balance and building performance and strength and all those things, these things are the simple exercises that produce the biggest results. I agree with that 100%. We've had a look at the back of the hip, the medial, the interior, the inside of the thigh. Now if we look to the outside of the hip, so this is something which not, not a lot of people are aware of, which is your, your glute med, which is kind of your pocket muscle, which is just the outside of the hip, and you know, your kind of glute minimus, inside the hip you can't quite see it, TFL, connective tissue and muscle to the outside, very important for jiu-jitsu. Like when you're pummeling and someone's trying to smash your legs down and you try and open your legs to recover guard or knee someone, shield, knee shield, super important to be strong in these positions. What are we looking at as the number one best move for people to get around? Simple move that they could do, Joe. Well, I think for this, there's development there that's built into deadlifting and squatting, right? Yes. Because anytime you're pushing your knees out and stabilizing in that externally rotated position, you're using those muscles. However, something that we feature a shitload of in our mobility and in all of our warm-ups is our sideline hip raise. Yes. Which is a really simple exercise. You're down on your side, you're on one elbow, and then you've got your, your, your knees are bent, so you're on like, I'm on my right elbow and my right knee, and then I'm pushing my hips to the ceiling by driving my knee into the floor, and my hips come up and I squeeze my glutes. Yep. And that is like 101, hey, here's a really good way to just hit that aspect of the hip. Yeah, definitely. And there's so many ways that you can level that up to make it more challenging without adding any equipment. Don't get me wrong, I love me a booty band. You've probably seen them on the internet, you know, people having these small loops of elastic or a rubber and and putting it around the knees, putting it around the feet, doing monster walks. I love that business. But the other great benefit of the sideline hip raise is the oblique engagement. It actually gets the lateral part of your core, your internal and external obliques working in tandem with your glute med and the outside of the hip to stabilize. And that does great things for the, the hips and lower back as well. There's another thing you can do here, guys, which adds a little layer on top, which is lifting the top leg as you come up. So yet, as you imagine, you're on your side, you're doing your kind of side plank, you lift that hip and then holding that position and lifting the top leg. This does crazy things for stabilizing in the hip in the bottom, but activating through glute med and TFL and all that down the side. And so simple. You could just do one set of 10 on each side and you're like, woof. Feeling those daddies, getting that uh, spiciness in the hips. See a lot of people kind of get up and, you know, they kind of start to massage. They're like, what is that uncomfortable sensation <laughs> in my hips? My God. So that feels like somebody puts pepper spray on your muscles. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a great thing, guys, because when you then come to do any other movement, you, you actually have healthier function. And that's really what we're striving for. It's not just like, oh, we want to have this aesthetics. It's not about building muscles for the look of them. It's getting them working and coordinated to protect you. We've gone the outside of the hip, back of the hip, inside of the hip. I actually think the front of the hip is neglected. So even though you will hear us say many, many times, oh, your hip flexors are tight, we need to open them up. I'm actually going to say this right now, and we had a small discussion about this, that when you first start jiu-jitsu, when you're a white belt or say you've just, you're a newly minted blue belt, you know, you're not that long in the game necessarily. You possibly have weak hip flexors. So they might be tight, but that doesn't necessarily make them strong. Yes, a lifetime of jiu-jitsu, six, seven, eight years, 
you're doing enough jujitsu top and bottom game, you will get strong hip flexors over time. But tight doesn't always equal strong. True. And, and the reason why I say this is I actually recently started doing a certain amount of core and like hip flexor strengthening work with one or two more advanced jujitsu athletes and they sucked. It's like, really? How can you suck so much at this? Ah. You know, like it's like a little, it's just a little test. It's like a basic little gymnastic movement. You just lean forward. Your legs are straight out in front of you. Palms either side of your knees. The goal is to be able to keep your palms on the ground and keep your legs straight and lift your legs off the ground. Just do this 10 times. If you can't do that, your hip flexors suck. And one of them is a purple belt and one of them is a very good brown belt. Both sucked. Wow. I was like, look at you, hey? Maybe their abs are fantastic. Maybe they're really good at moving their torso. But when it came to being in that flexed position and trying to form a contraction through the legs, they struggled. It actually, it was interesting to me because I would have assumed wrongly that they would have really strong hip flexors. And I'm going to say when you first start in jiu-jitsu, if you haven't had time to build it into your game, part of the reason why your hips are sucking isn't just that your hip flexors are tight, they're also weak. So in terms of strengthening the front chain, what would you say is the best move, Joe? Um, I like those, the seated leg lifts is what yep. you're talking about and, and those sort of compression drills. I really like toes to bar yeah. and variations of that. Yes, indeed. You know, so like leg lifts to 90 degrees, knee raises, knees to chest, and then obviously toes to bar being like the, the upper end of that sort of line of progression. I think that they're great. They target the hip flexors. They also encourage the active mobility of the backside. Yeah. So your hamstrings and your glutes have to allow you to get into the position. That's right. Um, so I feel like there's multiple benefits working those. Oh, man, totally. I was, I was going to say that that is the other thing too, guys. Most people who I see who have tight lower backs do not have strong front chain. Because the great thing about having a strong anterior chain and through the front of the hip is it allows you to get to this fully compressed action, which releases through the back. You know, front chain we're talking about like abs, the hip flexors, flexors even the muscles up around the trunk, like towards the chest and stuff. Yeah, that's, the, that's, the, that's the front chain. The front chain. So essentially when you look at that, a lot of people can't do toaster bar. You say to somebody, go hang on that bar, lift your legs up. Most people struggle to even stabilize. You know, get people to even do an active hang there in struggle town. Not that long ago, Josh, so you post a kind of parallel bar like a – a dip variation of the leg raise. How do you rate that? I was like an L-sit. L- similar to an L-sit? Yeah. Is that something that's more attainable for people if they can't hang? Yeah, an L-sit's probably more comfortable because the shoulders, are, it's, it's easier on the shoulders. Yeah. So you're just, yeah, pushing down, holding yourself in a support and then either lift the knees to the chest or lift the straight legs up. Yeah, so if you're at the park right now, so you can't get to the gym, I mean, obviously we see a lot of, uh, you know, full-on, calisthenics crews trying to do backflips and potentially break their neck or busting out parkour moves. But if you get an opportunity and you go to the park, there's nearly always some pull-up bars and some parallel bars. So if you are trying to get stronger through the front, through your hip flexors, through your abs, supporting yourself, doing a support on the parallel bars, locking your elbows out, and then bringing your knees up towards your chest as strongly as you can – and doing this with control is a great way to get started there if you really struggle with that overhead hang position. And there's actually, I've got an exercise that you can do anywhere that's, I would say, really good beginner level, which is you stand with your back against the wall. 
and then you lift one leg up and you hold it for 20 seconds. Whoa. Yeah, and it's yeah. as simple as that. Straight leg, lift it up as high as you can and hold it for 20 seconds. Dang. It's extremely fucking hard. But it's- what it does is it, your abs aren't working a huge amount because you're not changing the shape of your spine. Yeah. So it's all hip flexors and quads. And what people will notice with all of these variations, you will cramp. Yeah. And that's good. Keep going. <laughs> it's not like oh, I'm cramping, I stopped. It's like no, go into the cramp because that's, that's characteristic of – compressive strength like where you're working these muscles along the front of the hip so intensely they are going to cramp up but yeah that drill backing up to the wall leg lift works really well oh amazing it sounds to me it sounds like old school karate moves yeah we, we used to do a lot of moves like that we admire dancers for their physiques and bar or bar three but b-a-r-r-e is a you know a real thing in in united states where people are doing very basic ballet bar ballet bar movements to develop the the glutes and the and the hips and and it works and for taekwondo we used to do so much leg lifting to the front to the side to the back like that was just something that we did because we had to be very strong in those positions and i never really had any trouble with my hips coming into jiu-jitsu with that behind it so guys if you are struggling with the hips These are all very simple. So let's do a quick recap. At the top of the list, we said single leg deadlift. Yep. Number two. Cossack squat. Cossack squat. Number three. Side-lying hip raise. And number four. We gave them three options, but back up to the wall, lift the leg. If that feels okay, try an L-sit. Yeah. And then if you really want to spice it up, go for the hanging leg raise. Yeah, I think that is going to answer a lot of your problems. Now, if you if We've you, actually got a video on our YouTube channel, a whole breakdown of the hanging leg raise. Yes. As an advanced core strength and hip flexor movement if anyone wants to dig, you know, go deeper on that. That's going to be featured on our standards program because that should be something that all jiu-jitsu people should aspire to be able to do. Yes. And I think this is the good thing, guys, because often when people ask questions of us they say hey what is the best for xyz they don't know where they're at currently what the standards program does is we have picked these 12 movements because they let you know exactly where you're at if you try to do a movement at any level of resistance or just you know no resistance you just try and do the movement and you really struggle at it the feedback is this movement needs practice because this is a glaring hole into your lack of capacity but when you're doing jiu-jitsu, you'll just try it. You're like, oh, I don't care if i got some dude on my back. I'll just rah. And that's all well and good in the moment, but that could turn into a surgery-level injury. What we want to do, guys, is give you the tools for you to work out where you're at. And all of these movements give you that. So you can really rate yourself, okay, across these elements, where do I stack up? Hey, I'm really strong, but I'm really immobile. Okay, that's where you go to work oh, hey, you're really mobile, you're real bendy, that's great, but you're super weak here, then we need to put some attention there. Or is there one glaring issue that you are totally neglecting, then you need to take care of that, and then you're pretty good. And that's what we want to do, guys. The standards program, which we will be releasing very soon, will give you the tools to be able to work it out for yourself and then get feedback and help from us as to how you go from wherever you are to where you want to be. Yep. So this is another thing and it's funny because like even on our community group, so our community group on Facebook, I post our YouTube videos <laughs> and it's, it's funny to me. It's cool because I, this is just part of understanding how everybody, obviously people who might listen to this might not be looking at our YouTube channel. And then there's people who follow our program online 
who they're paying us and they're following the program. They're very diligent and we, we really appreciate it. But then they're missing bits of information which are just freely available on the YouTube channel. So I find myself repeating myself to introduce myself. <laughs> the, the guys, like there's – we are working harder and harder all the time to give more information and the YouTube channel is growing. So Bulletproof for BJJ on YouTube, there's a lot of answers there. And if you have a specific request – Hit us up. Now, if there's anything you're missing, if you're hearing this for the first time, you're like, oh, what are these Aussie guys? What are they talking about? We are talking about our online program, bulletproofforbjj.com, and there's a lot in there. Yeah, there's a shitload in there. We've packaged up all the stuff we talk about into programs that are really easy to follow and super effective. And the standards program we spoke about, that's our latest program that will be coming soon. That's going to be like the pinnacle of all of the feedback from you guys who have been using it, the feedback from us in coaching it and just observing where are the holes, where could we do better, what do people need more of. So we're really excited to do that. Obviously, there's a free one-week trial. So if you want to check it out, go to the website, bulletproofforbjj.com. Take the free trial. If you don't like it, cancel. But if you like it, train it, you will transform your body and you will become strong and mobile and you will vastly reduce your risk of injuries on the mats. And that is the whole goal of this thing is to get you in the best shape possible so you can enjoy jiu-jitsu for life. Yeah. And we are here for you. That's the point. We are not just talking heads. We train this. We live this. We train jiu-jitsu. We've battled the injuries. And if you're out there and you're unsure, you can reach to us. So whether you message us on Instagram, whether you send us a message on Facebook, or you could leave us a voice message on our website – to ask our question on the podcast. So that's the thing, guys. If you have a burning question, your question may help our community because other people out there are probably thinking the same thing. So feel free to ask us. We're here for you. Awesome. Thank you, bro. Thank you, bro. See you next time, guys. Cheers, guys. Cheers, guys.